Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listeners. Welcome to Floaters. My name is Sophia, and I'm coming to you live once again from Studio Wardrobe. How are you doing, listeners? You keeping busy? You taking some sweet, sweet time for yourself? Regular listeners will know that I've been redoing my bedroom, because if I can't change my surroundings outside in this lockdown, I'm bloody well going to change them inside. I've also been trying to do some more reading of books and although as a millennial I can't possibly sit down and do one task for too long without getting distracted. So, well, that is other than binge watch reality shows about rich housewives. Can I get a hell? Yeah. So I've opted for audiobooks and uh, so far I've, uh, oh actually recently I've finished listening to Dawn O'Porter's Life in Pieces. Uh, She's a British writer living in LA and it's a sort of diary about her 2020. It's quite funny and, of course, sad in bits. And the only thing is it feels a bit weird reading about a time that's still so fresh in your mind. Like a time that I think we'd all rather sort of wipe and forget that happened. But um, but she's very funny. And now I want to be her friend. Dawn, oh, Porter, if you're listening, please be my friend. I'm also trying to watch more films now, but if you want to find out what I've been watching, you better stick around for my waffles at the end of the podcast. For now, let me introduce my guest today, Patrick Tully. Patrick is the twin brother of Emma Tully, guest on episode two, and if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out now, because it's quite literally the sister episode to this one. As you'll hear, Patrick is one of the most laid-back guys and chilled-out people, I think, that has ever graced this podcast. So sit back and enjoy the soothing tones of Patrick Tully. Where didn't I grow up, I guess, is is the way to say it. Like, uh, we, My family is a family of diplomats, so we grew up in... Well, just list them in order, I guess. I was born in uh, Bonn, Germany, and then from there we moved to London, and then to Tallinn in Estonia, and then from there we went to Rome, and then to Warsaw, and then um, Frankfurt in Germany, where I graduated high school. And then from there I moved to Finland for for about a year, and um, since then I've gone to the States for a couple of years where I was in college that I dropped out and then I went to work for a bit and then I found myself moving to uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands and then two years ago I moved back to Finland and now here I am. <laughs> and what are you up to now? Uh, did you say you're studying at the moment? Yeah, I'm studying uh, business IT at a, at a university here in Helsinki. I'm oh, in my cool. second year right now. So. I- are you learning in Finnish? No, uh, I I'm learning in um, it's an English program, so oh, also okay. with a lot of uh, yeah, international kids. So it's oh. kind of like right up my alley. Yeah, definitely. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, the reason I ask about like learning in um, Finnish as well, not only because you're in Finland, but like um, I imagine the language would be quite a lot more like quite different to, to learn in Finnish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, uh, I guess my exposure to like Finnish is, it's been good because uh, our mom or my mom said, uh, made a point to speak Finnish to my sister and myself when we were at home. 
and we were we spent a lot of time in Finland, like uh, going on vacations and stuff. So uh, I had a lot of exposure to the language that I, I've noticed a lot of uh, I guess other half Finnish people like myself um, mm-hmm. haven't had. Uh, and, and now that I live in Finland, I've like my language skills have just you know naturally developed. Um, but I always say that if I were to study in Finnish, it would take me twice as long though still because uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah I wouldn't say my fluency it's like eighty percent rather than like a hundred percent. So I mean eighty percent is still pretty good. Yeah, that is it's, pretty. It's, oh, sorry, after you. It's it's definitely nice. It's definitely nice to be able to speak like two languages at a very advanced level. So. Yeah, definitely. And do you, how is your, like, how's your, how's your Dutch? Like after living in Amsterdam for a bit? Oh, uh, non-existent. I actually never really spoke Dutch or learned Dutch while I was living there. Um, because I think part of it was just, I knew that everyone spoke English there. Mm-hmm. And then I did notice that every time I did like try and speak a little bit of Dutch, the Dutch people would just start speaking English to me. <laughs> they didn't want to bother with uh, broken communication, you know, when they can just switch to English. Um, but I also just never, never uh, tried to learn it or anything like that. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's always the way it is, though, sometimes when you go yeah. to certain places, like if they can see that you're, you're you know, you, you do speak English, then they'll they'll try and make it easier for you. But at the same time, it's like, maybe I want to practice. Maybe I, right. I need to get over that 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 hurdle. Right. But it was interesting to see just how also just it's such a melting pot that that's that city of, of just different cultures and, and people that, um, yeah, you just you almost never know, like who speaks Dutch and who doesn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But what prompted the move to Amsterdam after hanging out in the States for a bit? Uh, a, a relationship that started out long distance. And then um, I, uh, I decided to move over there because I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted out of the States, to be honest. Um, this is, uh, yeah, right when Trump got elected. So, um, and I just wasn't really enjoying myself in the States either. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. The States just wasn't really really for me, it was such a culture shock for me at first when I moved there um, because I had spent, uh, yeah, basically my whole life up until that point in Europe. Um, and so I just wasn't really ready for like, uh, I guess the way that the people in the United States like live their lives, so to speak, to put it very vaguely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I found myself relating more to like, feeling kind of out of place there in the sense that I couldn't really relate to a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. as I could, as much as I could to like people in Europe, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So I decided to move, move to Holland and um, that was nice. I had, a, I had a nice time there. It was great. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, things came, things ended and uh, I, had, I, had a, I had a choice again to either move back to the States or Finland. And I moved, I decided to come to Finland mm-hmm. um, because it's uh yeah, I mean, this out of all the countries that I've lived in, this is like the place that I call home. So I decided to come home and settle here for a bit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like it was such a no-brainer for you as well. Like, especially like leaving the states as well, and then moving on to Finland. Like, are you sort of just a go with the flow kind of a person? Uh, 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Although with, with, with the pandemic, I've had a lot of time to think about, uh, just, you know, think about what I wanted to do with my life because everything's sort of, well, not so much now, but I, at least for the first six months, everything was sort of put on hold, you know, mm -hmm. everything was just, or at least here it was a lot of things were closed and, and still are, but it's slowly starting to become, things are slowly starting to move forward now. Um, but yeah, I guess for sure it was like when, when I think back to like, uh, especially with all the moving, it was just sort of like, yeah, we have to go with the flow because, uh, because of the work that, that my dad is doing or was mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. state department. And, um, and then, yeah, I guess up until now it's been like, just go with the flow. And then I decided to, I guess, finally go to school. And now we're, we're trying to sort of not go with the flow and have have like a uh, a path in front of us that we can follow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah, this this pandemic, it's it's really because because we've all had to stay still. Like, there's no mm -hmm. choice but to like be in this sort of yeah, in this uh, sort of what, what what am I trying to say? Like a sort of stagnated state. Is that what I'm going for? I'm gonna go with it. Um, That's a good word, I think yeah. But yeah, and, and having to sort of sit in that stillness and yeah, really get comfortable there, which I'm really, I'm, I'm still finding it a little tricky. I mean, it's been an, um, been a bit, basically a year, but I'm still find, personally finding it a bit tricky. And I've been someone who's gone from like job to job. They're just a means to an end, you know, and, mm -hmm. and now I'm starting to have to reflect and go, okay, maybe we should be doing something more about like, I don't know, a career or maybe like, finding right. somewhere to actually settle and call my own. And, but um, I don't know, maybe it's not for everyone. I mean, could, could you see yourself potentially like um, living um, long, like even longer term in Finland or do you see somewhere else for yourself? Yeah, it's kind of a question that I'm still, I guess, I guess uh, when I think about that, I say like, we'll see what happens. But I think for now I, I'm definitely going to be staying in Finland for at least the next, I would say, four years, which will then make Finland the longest, uh, the country that I've lived in the longest. Uh, oh, my God. Which is crazy to think about since it would only be like five, six years. Oh, wow. Um, which is quite a short time considering that, yeah, I'm 25. So um that's really like a yeah, change of perspective, I guess, as well, knowing that I'll be here for a while. So I have time to sort of do more here than I did in any other place that I lived yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, how do your parents feel about like, like, did they recognize the way in which you felt that sort of culture shock when you got to the States? Because, of course, you know, they've been obviously moving around with you and experiencing all these wonderful places. And did, were they quite aware of how you were feeling when you got to the States? Uh, I don't think so at first, definitely not. But um, things sort of, I guess, unfolded. And I was, uh, I was living with them for, I lived with them again for a couple, I think a year and a half, maybe two years in the States. And so that really... Yeah, there were a couple conversations we had about about uh, where I sort of, I guess, I guess arguments about my, how do I, I guess, distaste for the for the United States. I, I would say that I would I wouldn't say I, I I view the United States very like positively, especially now with what's been happening and everything that has happened over the four years. I think living 
especially living outside of the United States, I've gotten to see how people outside of the United States also view view the United States now, and it's really, um, yeah, it's a shame that the reputation of the country has, has been really tarnished. Um, and I think it's it's going to take a while for that in itself to be like rebuilt and for the world to sort of move on from seeing seeing the United States in such a negative light after after Trump's presidency. But you know, hopefully things will be better. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do. I do, um, they 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 are aware now, I guess, about about how I feel about the United States, but. But I also do, and I don't talk enough about like the positives about the country that I do enjoy, and I do find myself like really missing, missing being there. I do want to go 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 there again, and just uh, well, yeah, see my family of course, but also just go to a Costco, a Costco. <laughs> I miss Costco. <laughs> it's always the small things, isn't it? It's like the little yeah, things really that make is. it make it worth it. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm sure in time, like you know, I think. Yeah, the states has really been through it, and it will take a while for everyone to sort of rec- reconcile their their feelings, or you, for you to reconcile reconcile your feelings um, uh, towards it. I mean, would it be fair to say that beforehand, like, I mean, before the Trump fuckery that's been going on, mm. I mean, did you? Would it be fair to say you had like maybe a, a bit more of a positive relationship or like view of the country, or were you still sort of? Did you not really relate to it that much even then? I- yeah, I think even as a kid, uh, I never really, um, I still had a lot of exposure to, to Americans, given that a lot of the, for example, in Frankfurt, we lived in a in a neighborhood that was only Americans. And so every day in the morning, I would go to school on the bus with, uh, and it would just be Americans. Um, but even then, I still remember, like, they would, uh, I just didn't relate to any of the stuff that they were talking about um in in and like references that they made um or talking about like tv shows and stuff like that just stuff that kids talk about i wasn't able to really relate a lot to with americans and i i always had a lot of just international friends at school uh at the at all the international schools that i went to um and even now in college uh university i i have uh a lot of my friends are also just international um, and I just find, I just always gravitate, I guess, towards uh, people of different cultures because I guess it's like subconsciously what I know, mm-hmm. and I've it's easier for me in a sense to, I guess, um, just be open to other people's cultures rather than try to like, uh, I guess, relate to my own culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, your passport country. Because do you have do you have dual citizenship? Yeah, Finnish and American. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you feel then? I mean, you must feel a lot more comfortable, obviously, to be living in in, in Finland. But um, uh, are there aspects of Finland that you still maybe you still find a bit strange, or you're still sort of getting used to, or have you just fully assimilated the the culture now? Uh, I think there's there's going to be things that. I'm always uh, gonna sort of miss, uh, <clears throat> but I, I would say yeah, I've, I've definitely assimilated, you know, pretty well to the culture, and I, I enjoy. I do. I do enjoy the culture as well. Like I feel like it fits my personality as well. It's just a, um, 
just the way that Finnish people are mm-hmm. very kind of, you know, I would say reserved people at first, but then yeah, definitely once you get to talk to them and stuff, they open up a lot. And um, I feel like I'm, that just, yeah, matches well with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean also, but there are, are certain things about uh, just the way that Finnish people are as well that, um, I guess you could say I disagree about, mm-hmm. but it's, it's I, I feel like that's sort of, there are people like that in every country that you live in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's a, it's very difficult. I mean, it's no secret to people, uh, regular listeners of this podcast that I'm having a hard time sort of trying to, um, uh, align myself with, you know, my passport country, which happens right. to be uh, Great Britain, which is an ironic title of a country. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm finding it really tricky to be honest with you and finding it more and more like I'm being drawn more and more to my European background. Um, cause I'm, cause I'm trying to pick and choose from my cocktail of cultures. Like, okay, I like this bit, but I don't like that bit very much. <laughs> I'm just going to separate myself. Um, but that makes it, um, it's really difficult, I think as well. Cause you, when you're, when you, when you are someone like who has been doing a lot of traveling, I find that, well, for me anyway, it, found, it took me a long time to sort of have all those different parts of my 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 culture cocktail um, as part of like one personality. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I would always sort of flick between this is British Sophia or this is German Sophia or this is Sophia at home and mm. and having to navigate between all those different things or like this is Sophia who lives on her own or this is Sophia who does this. Um, and I wonder if that's something you might have experienced as well, like going to all those different schools and all those different countries. Did you find yourself sort of, I don't know, taking on a different um, way of life and maybe even a, maybe even a personality because we're all quite impressionable when we're younger or were you, were you quite sort of, I don't know, you might be more strong-minded than I am. <laughs> just, I'm just sort of wa- wavering in the wind. No, I think that you just brought up a, a memory actually that I have of speaking in a Finnish accent when I met, uh, when I was a kid, when I was five years old in Tallinn. And there was a, another Finnish kid there at the school. I was still friends with today, actually, but um, twenty years later. But when we first met, I spoke to him in a Finnish accent because he also spoke in, in a Finnish accent. <laughs> um, and definitely, I think over the years, I've, I just, hmm, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, definitely, I would, I would have changed like some parts of my behavior and stuff just based on who I was, and just sort of became I guess sort of like a chameleon if you think about it um yeah just I guess also just in the effort to like make friends and stuff I would find myself trying to just do what everyone else is doing in some <laughs> yeah. sense yeah it's the chameleon kid skills I guess it's the yeah. it's those things and I don't know how have you found that like resolving all those parts of like your personality as you got older you still sort of would you say you're still figuring it out or is it like, you know, you feel a bit more secure in, yeah, in who you are? Yeah, I think definitely being, being here in, in Finland and I guess in a sense being, well, yeah, being, I guess, having more independence in my life now than I have really ever has, has allowed me to like really explore myself as well and sort of, think about think about who I am 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just think about, yeah, this kind of, what it means to have this kind of background as well. Because um, there's a lot of, I guess, well, I wouldn't be the person I am today without that kind of background, right? So, well, I've often thought about what if my life would have been different and I would have lived like a quote-unquote normal life where uh, you grow up in one place. And that's something that I've just pondered about for a long, long time. Um, but, yeah, I think ultimately I'm, re- I'm happy with this, you know, with this sort of upbringing. It's really allowed me to be more open to cultures. I'm definitely more open than I would say a lot of people who don't have this kind of background. Mm-hmm. Also, just because they, I wouldn't say, I would say they don't exactly know how to be open about it. They just lack the sort of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been definitely been a plus, I think, because mm-hmm. it allows me to talk more openly to a lot, to different people. Yeah. Um, and that's really nice. It's, it's just interesting to learn about. I'm always happy when I meet someone from another country to ask them about what life is like in their country and just be like a sort of sponge that takes in different worldviews and stuff. It's really, it's just fascinating stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think at boarding school, I, I did have British friends, but it was mainly, I always, always made stronger friends with like the full boarders. So the people who wouldn't go home at the weekends or, uh, and it tended to be people from all over the place. Um, and so they became our really strong friends. Maybe it was also just because we were just stuck together forever. But, <laughs> but you know, they became really good, close friends. And um, and I was, it's interesting. There was um, one of the people I interviewed for the podcast, Belinda, must be one of my favourite interviews uh, and conversations I've had um, for this podcast. But Belinda was saying um, that when she was, like, she was... Um, uh, she's a she's a little bit older. I was trying to find a t- delicate way of saying that she's a little bit older. But she's, the, <laughs> she's like the first TCK that I met who was a woman and who was also like who had this upbringing and is like now living a fully fledged like adult life. And she knew who she was and everything. She had kids and um and uh, and she was saying how it took her a long time to sort of figure out what she wanted to do in life generally. And she wondered if it was the same sort of thing as, you know, how kids, I don't know how true this is. Actually, you're bilingual. So maybe you can clear this up. Kids who are bilingual, sometimes it can take them a little longer to learn how to speak um, because they've got these two languages and they are processing everything, but like, it just takes them a little longer to figure out like just how to communicate. And in the same sort of sense, I suppose, yeah, she was going with TCKs or people who travel around a lot generally will find themselves sort of flitting from job to job or like vocation to vocation because they haven't found that grounding yet. They're not mm. sure where where to put those roots yet. Um, and um, yeah, I wonder, is that, do you, do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, and I think roots is like a really key word there. Um, um I mean, if you think about it metaphorically, it takes a long time for roots to like really settle and grow. Um, and so without having a, spending a significant amount of time in a place, you can't really, you can't allow your roots to grow, so to speak. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely also with Finland, me being here now, I've also just begun to feel that I'm, getting my roots settled here as well um 
just because of well yeah the the previous ties that i have with this country and also just i feel i'm also just making the effort to do that as well i think that's also a big thing is that with third well in my experience like moving in all these countries you also you also knew that you weren't going to stay there for a long time so uh that never really provided the motivation to do any of that kind of effort and work to establish yourself in a in a place that you can call that you can eventually call home one day mm-hmm. yeah i think i i definitely brought that into my life like i i know i i i was more sort of settled after i left estonia at the age of like nine because of course i stayed in the uk pretty much since uh well on and off and um but still i found myself still doing this thing of like making friends with people for like, I don't know, a couple of years or like being really close to someone for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden it being like so intense and then it just fizzling out for whatever reason. And I now on reflection, I'm like, I wonder if that was, I mean, it couldn't have just solely been me, but like (laughs) something in my brain that sort of went, oh, well, okay, that's been lost. Like, that's fine. That's okay. Like, it's time to move on, move on to something different, move on to a different person or a different whatever it was. Um, And uh, it's only recently that I've really sort of (laughs) come to realize that, yeah, maybe it's something to do with that upbringing as well, of not getting too attached or like, getting that attachment as quickly as possible and then right. just going, uh, where to now? Uh, not sure, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, f- I find myself, or I've found myself doing that as well, where you sort of, uh, with new people, you sort of just get right in there as, mm-hmm. as much as you can and like uh, as fast as possible. Um, Yeah, and I think yeah, definitely that's something that I've I've personally been like trying to work on, trying to trying to be develop like friendships and and relationships like more naturally rather than like trying to force them. Yeah. I mean, well, here's a good example. We haven't spoken in a few years and here we are. We're already like, you know, we're like 20 minutes in. We're talking about all the deep stuff straight away. Like mm-hmm. this is TCK behavior right here in its <laughs> truest form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask actually, how are you, uh, how are you feeling about, um, how are you getting on in the UK now that uh, Brexit is happening? Oh, Patrick. Oh, it's all, I mean, to put it mildly, it's, um, it's not going well. <laughs> it's not mm. going well. Um, personally, uh, for, for our family, it's really stressful um, mm. in terms of, you know, not being able to go to travel to see family. We've got some family in Spain who are really not very well at the moment. And um, my other family in Germany, you know, there's... Um, yeah, my grandparent, uh, my grandma over there, like my mum can't go visit her now. Um, and it's just, in, in terms of that, it is, it is not good. It's really fucking stressful. And um, especially when you just know you're helpless, like there's literally nothing else you can do other than call every so often or try and make sure like messages get across or whatever it is. So it's it's pretty, it's pretty shitty, not going to lie. And um and <laughs> yeah, so we'll see, we'll see how the rest of it goes. I mean, the, my biggest worry other than like personally is that now that because of course COVID is we're, we're number one in Europe for, for the amount of deaths we've had 
whoop, whoop, Great Britain. So we've got all that going on. And I'm just worried that with Brexit and everything, lots of things have just gone under the radar, not being, you know, talked about in the press. No one's reporting on it. So I'm worried that we'll, we'll realise in a few years' time we'll really be... <laughs> kicked in the nuts and also my other thoughts on on brexit and then i'll draw it to a close because i think my listeners might be a bit pissed off with me for talking about brexit almost every other episode <laughs> um <laughs> from what i can see i bet that the um what the government are going to do now is that they're slowly and slowly going to try and make all these like other side deals with the eu to try and make trade a bit easier and then basically at the end of it we'll probably have what we did have when we were in the european union but just not in the European Union, if you get what I mean. I think mm -hmm. that's 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 a prediction here. Uh, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> we'll check in in a few years and see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter because according to Brexiteers, it doesn't matter now because we're free. We're free from the shackles of this, of this awful, awful union. But as I've said it before, I'll say it again. If, um, you know, you want something to change, it's usually better to change things from the inside of an organisation rather than from the outside. But uh, so, Boris, if you want to hire me, I wouldn't work for you. But, you know, I've got some good advice for you um, if you are listening. But yeah, so it's all a bit of a bit of a shit show and COVID and everything. But um, but how are you? How are you doing with with COVID? Have you been I don't imagine you've been able to see Emma or your dad yet. Oh, uh, no, we haven't seen each other in over a year now um so right. it's been it's been a while uh yeah. how how is that like how, how does that like it suck it, it sucks honestly I, I, I miss them a lot and um yeah just being i mean being able to call them on call them on facetime and stuff isn't isn't really enough you know it'd be nice to nice to see them but i have i have been able to see my uh my mom a couple times throughout the year which is nice we, we spent christmas together which was really wonderful um, oh yes, of so course, because she's in Finland at the moment. Yeah, so so we're able to we're able to uh, see each other, which is which is good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I do really <laughs> I miss my sister a lot. She um, yeah, and um, yeah, I mean we we do t yeah we tr we try and talk to each other, but yeah, we both both just want to see each other. It's really yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's got. A, it, I mean I think Emma said actually and. When I chatted to her, she was like, it's not like being, because it's not like the same <laughs> when you FaceTime them as being like physically oh. in the same room. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's totally different. Um, I mean, thank God for things like, you know, Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and all these things. Thank God we've got them. But at the same time, it's, um, especially when you're, especially when like a family like, your, like yours that have been traveling the world together and like you and Emma particularly have been like, you know, each other's support system throughout all of this, like each other's mm. constant, and then just to not see each other. I, mean, I can't imagine, um, yeah, how almost devastating it must be not to be, yeah, not to be hanging out as much as you used to and seeing each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll be, I'm hoping that this year we'll be able to see each other. Yeah. the end of 2021. Have, have you been able to see your sisters at all? Well, well, I've seen far too much of them to be honest with you, Patrick. Far too much. They've um, they're both really? they've both been we've all <laughs> been able to come home, and okay. um, and yeah, the beginning of the first sort of lockdown we had here, we were all at home, and it was the first time we were all home all together for that amount of time since I don't know when, and it was very intense. <laughs> and since then, 
we've all I've been the only one that's sort of stayed here the whole time and Teresa and Izzy have sort of been on and off like Izzy's been lucky enough to work actually so she's been able okay. to travel for work and stuff and and uh Teresa moved out briefly when there wasn't a lockdown and then the lockdown happened again so she's mm. she's back um so uh yeah it's been really weird it's been really weird to spend this much time with them because even when we were at boarding school we, we didn't even spend this much time together like yeah. we were in different boarding houses even like different friends and different teachers and so um it's been it's been a learning experience and um yeah <laughs> seemed far too much of my family but maybe it's about time you know maybe it's about time that i did i got to know these 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 weirdos over here <laughs> yeah so i can't really complain too much about the pandemic i mean yeah like i said the only thing is like it's just not being able to see my grandparents and that's the real shitter here um but hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm really hoping that at some point, as, if the numbers go down here, then we will eventually be able to like at least well, one member of the family can go over and see the grandparent and you know report back and just be be with them. Because um, mm. especially for old people right now, it must be really quite alarming and disorientating and quite sort of yeah, quite a strange thing. I mean, how are your how are your um, are your grandparents still around? Are they? Um, going through the pandemic as well we have one one grandmother still kicking in uh in in guapia in finland uh although she's had alzheimer's for the past five years so she's been in a in a home for a, two or three years now mm -hmm. um, and it's gotten well yeah i mean she's she's not been able to see my mom as much so i think that's that's really i think stressful for her because that's mm -hmm. At this point, with the with her with her disease, she's about the only person she recognizes anymore, and to not be able to see her as much is probably yeah, probably pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. um, but she's, I mean, as far as it goes over there, I think she's relatively safe, and she'll be getting a vaccination soon, um, which is great. And then yeah. she'll be able to see uh, see my mom again a lot more because she'll be she'll be safe <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god well that, that's good that's some good news at least um yeah. should be able to get that i mean my yeah one of my grandparents has dementia and so that's that's quite apparently it's been quite a challenge to explain to her that you, you do need to wear a mask there's something going yeah. on out there and she's just like no there's not don't know what you're on about <laughs> well, um uh, but, yeah she she used to being like uh staying put and stuff like that she's still very active or well, she well, she was at the beginning of the pandemic. She was still able to like go out a little bit, but like her ability to walk is just it's just not what it used to be. Um, and um, she's actually yeah, she's actually in the hospital right now because um, she managed to get COVID as well. So it's just like oh my god. So it's been a very stressful, stressful old time. And um, yeah, and it's just because and here's the other shitter that my grand uh, my grandparents, my dad and his brothers, they're all in the UK and none of them have dual citizenship when they should, they are entitled to it. So they've all got British passports. And so then being able to go to Spain is just not happening. And yeah. um, wow. um, which, and so, yeah, I, I keep thinking like, you know, I wish I had dual citizenship. I really wish I did, but and it's something not to be taken for granted. Absolutely not, because things like this happen. Like you never know, you might not be able to see your family, you might not be able to see your friends or like, um, it's just been, yeah, it's been a lot. God, so I feel like this has just been like my diary now. <laughs> my, my diary, verbal diary coming out. No worries. <laughs> um, we, we haven't spoken in a while, so. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how you're doing. Yeah. As you can see, I'm doing swimmingly. Very Everything well. is going Very so, well. so yeah. well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, to get us back on track, <laughs> what are you, um, what are you looking to do then? Like in the future, like, do you, have you got any plans if you're like after your studies? Cause are your studies going to take like, was it five years? Did you say? Um, my studies will probably be another three years. Uh, after that, I'll just be looking for a job in the in the IT field, depending on what I decide to specialize in within the within the degree program that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm finding myself interested in uh, user experience related stuff, so I think I'll be I'll be uh, investigating that a bit more, and then maybe looking for some internships over the summer or something. And, um, but as far as like a specific job i still have no idea um still figuring that out well you've got time you know you've got a few years anyway see what you want to specialize yeah. in and unfortunately the the education system here is very generous so uh, i'm very very i guess well forgiving um in the sense that you, they allow you to take time and to mm. figure things out for people like me <laughs> who have no idea what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> well i feel that i feel that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting as well. Like, is it quite common in, in Finland to have uh, courses in, in English then? Or is this just this particular university? No, uh, a lot of universities, I think, uh, especially in Helsinki, have English uh, English language programs. Um, just because there is a lot of international people here as well. And people who, who um, yeah, who move here and then decide that they want to study here. Mm -hmm. or move here just to study here because mm -hmm. um, of the low cost and everything and just uh, the social uh, social benefits that you get. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of English, English, English language programs in so many different subjects. I mean, when I, I was, when I was applying for university, I had so many options available to me. Um, in English, so that was really it was really reassuring actually because I didn't didn't uh, didn't do as much research as I should have <laughs> uh, before choosing a program, but everything turned out okay. But um, but yeah, I, I was not expecting Finland to be, I guess, uh, or Helsinki, I should say, as international as it is because I um, yeah, I've always said over the past like five years I've definitely started to hear like more not only English but just different languages just walking out in town and stuff like that, especially when I was a kid mm -hmm. so it's really you know, the city's really become super international which is nice yeah it must and, be uh, a familiar uh, sort of um, environment for you then as well to be surrounded by all these different different people from different backgrounds I'm just very happy to, to have like been able to live here and finally like find a place that I, I yeah, actually call home, which is, I think something that maybe a lot of people with my kind of background struggle with. So yeah, I guess absolutely. I achieved, I achieved the end goal, the end game. <laughs> <laughs> the end goal, the ultimate yeah. TCK end goal. He's there. Yeah. Find a home. 
<laughs> oh well, I'm so I'm so pleased that you've you've managed to find somewhere like that and um and really yeah take it in your stride. And also, what a great time to get into IT. I mean, like that's something that you can do during a pandemic for sure. You just need a computer, probably some other bits and pieces, and you're done. Work from home. Pretty much, yeah, definitely. It's it's um it's nice, yeah. Although I do with now with with all the studying being uh through like zoom and teams and stuff like that uh i do find myself also just missing being in the building uh classroom environment i'm only i'm only going in there once a week now and it's just it's just not enough <laughs> i want to be in that sort of learning environment when i'm actually in class mm-hmm. um, it's yeah it's i don't know if uh, well, I can imagine a lot of other people, I guess, would also be suffering, like, just from motivation to, like, do, do like, Zoom class, because it does suck. Being on Zoom <laughs> and being in class, I hate it. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I, I just can't wait for everything to be back to normal, honestly, so I can, I can go back to class and just, yeah. Can you, can you imagine it's COVID's birthday in, like, a month, I think? Oh my God. I mean, well, yeah, because cause they, oh, when was it? I think it was back in November 2019, they found the first case or something in Wuhan or somewhere around there. And then it's, yeah, I think the, the anniversary around, of our around, first, oh, sorry. It was around February or March that it really like blew up, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like in the UK, I think our first lockdown anniversary is coming up. It's going to be in March. So that's nice. going to be exciting. Yeah. Um, haven't chosen how to mark the occasion yet. But it's, um, it's coming up. Very exciting indeed. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's so crazy to think about that. And I mean, are you someone who like I I struggle working from home? Like I'm trying to do like you know get involved in like online theatre workshops and things while I'm here. And sometimes it's quite good. I find it quite engaging. But other times I'm like, it's just the it's not the same. You're so right. It's not the same as being in like a room with lots of people and mm-hmm. and also it's just it's a lot more depressing when you have to do it all from your bedroom don't you think yeah it it gets to you being in the same place all of the time oh my god it really uh, does say, yeah it definitely does like psychologically take its toll on you and it's just it's a it's a draining thing mm-hmm. um well i've been fortunate enough though recently to start seeing friends and stuff like that um again and I think also just trying to uh, go, I would say being outside is also important. Go, just go outside everyone, you know, don't, don't, don't be locked inside all the time. Just uh, try try and go for a 30 minute walk or something every day. It'll do you wonders. (laughs) Absolutely. That is a wellness tip if ever I heard one, one that will get you through this pandemic for sure. Although, oh my God, I'm going to tell you about my morning. So this morning I went out and because uh, I do take like a 30 minute walk every day because I've got to take the dogs out and we, we all have to take it in turns now because we don't want to go as a big group because otherwise everyone's going to go, ah, but it's COVID, we need to socially distance. And we, we, what we, kind we, of dogs are they, if you don't mind me asking? So we've got, um, no, of course I don't mind you asking. Can you imagine if I was like, how dare you? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I love talking about my dogs. Uh, so I've got a yellow lab called Bertie. You might have met Bertie. He was with us in Warsaw. And um, oh, yeah, Bertie. Yeah, Bertie. <laughs> and um, we've nice. also now got a Jack Russell puppy. 
the little shit. Let me tell you about Gussie. So Gussie this morning, everything was going fine. Me and Teresa were on a walk and we're on our way home. And sod's law, we lose the little fucker. And he starts running away and we're like, oh God, where's he gone? Where's he gone? Then we see him behind this huge thorny bramble bush and he's found a hole. And at this point we're like, is it a rabbit hole? Is it a badger hole? We don't know. So we walk over to it. What does he do? He goes in the hole. He is in this fucking tunnel, this underground maze. And it's just like, <laughs> oh shit. And we realize it's a badger hole because it's so fucking big. And so I'm scared. I'm like, is a badger going to come out? <laughs> what are we going to do? But Jack Russells are trained. Oh, like they used to be bred to catch badgers, I think, or like rats and stuff. So they're quite fast and they can be quite vicious. Um, and um, when they're trained in that sort of way, and so he's in there and we're like, what do we do? So we call the fire brigade, we call the RSPCA here and um, the fire brigade turn up and they're like, we don't know what to do. Cause, and, and little shit, while we were talking to the fire brigade, he pokes his head up out one of the holes. And I'm like, dude, so you're not trapped under there. Cause we could hear him <laughs> barking. We could hear him literally barking underneath oh, our feet. God. And we'd be walking around going like, no, he's over here now, he's over here. And it made me realize just how big this fucking tunnel this tunnel network is, is and <laughs> it's just insane and like fast forward to two hours later we're still out there trying to like coax them out and then my mum turns up she's come from home with like a, a treat ball and she's put uh, like bits of bacon in the treat ball and <laughs> we tie it up with some string we just lower it in the hole trying to hope that he comes out and almost immediately he just mm. pops his head out and he starts following it up and we grab him we take it home but my God, if you are going to go out, I would suggest just avoid the badger holes if you have, if you have yep. small dogs. Um, <laughs> and um, because now I genuinely, I feel like I've already had a day. I feel like after this conversation, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm just going to chill out, probably have a nap <laughs> and, and warm up. I'm still a bit cold. So, um, but uh, oh yes, it's been a morning, Patrick. It really has been a morning. <laughs> I, I didn't know small dogs were capable of just climbing down into holes like that um, and just exploring. I didn't. I used to have a a pig dog in in Holland, and he would also dig holes, but he would only be able to get his head stuck in there rather than his entire body. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad you never had to go through that. I mean, it's the first time it's ever happened to me, and I'm hoping for last. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll definitely be avoiding holes from now on, eh? Oh my God, for sure, for sure. <laughs> like this afternoon when we take him out, we were like, we are not going that way. We might even keep him on the lead the whole time just in case because he has a habit of running off anyway and doing his own thing. So he always finds his way home, which is a good thing. But my God, I think I'm going to get gray hairs sooner. I swear, I get so stressed. <laughs> this dog keeps me on my toes. But um, anyway... Um, I'll round off our conversation today by asking you if there's anything that you'd like to plug or promote today. I'll plug. I'll plug Finland. Come, come visit when when this is over, and uh, to all the listeners as well. It's a beautiful country. There's lots of stuff to do here, and it's uh, it's enjoyable, especially during the summer. And well, uh, also, also, shout out to uh, the TBH Lit Fam. <coughs> to the TBH Lit Fam. As promised, here is a list of films that I have seen this year. And um, there's no order to these, whether I enjoyed them the most or not. But I'll probably waffle on about them anyway. Firstly, 40-year-old version. Version? 
not virgin crucially uh, by rada black very good on netflix you should check that out free solo has anyone else seen free solo the one where the guy literally free climbs el capitan that huge rock face absolute nutter that guy absolute nutter next up widows that was uh directed by steve mcqueen with viola davis blimey if you haven't seen this film guys the twists and the turns and the bloody nervousome people you should you should watch that one i watched that on amazon prime that one um what else have i got here oh another viola davis ma rainey's black bottom that's on netflix and mate you better watch that you better watch that everyone needs to watch that one not just for viola davis but chadwick boseman god rest his soul fucking hell what a performance uh sorry to bother you by boots riley right if anyone's seen this and they'd like to talk about it i would very much like to talk about it i have a lot of things to say and um i can't really say them now because i don't want to (laughs) spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it sorry to bother you also on netflix next up the invisible guest uh this is a, a spanish film by oriol paulo and um bit of a suspense drama murder mystery you know thriller it's very it's very it keeps you on your toes this one and uh yesterday i watched i'm thinking of ending things on netflix which is charlie kaufman film and i literally had to look up what the film was about after i watched it like i i thought i got it and then as soon as i thought i got it i realized i didn't some other shite happened not that the film was shite the film was good abstract dreamlike um but it's not a film that you want to watch if you're not planning on doing think doing thinking you know that thing you do with your brain (laughs) if you want to just have a chilled out evening maybe don't watch that one but if you're up for sort of some cerebral art check that one out now i'll round off today by saying thanks so much to patrick for catching up with me it's always a pleasure and uh, make sure you give this episode uh, a like rate review and all those things as you you always do you you know the drill guys and um make sure to uh give us a follow on instagram and we're also on twitter we're on the twitter so give us a tweet drop us a tweet make it go viral make it a trend i know what i'm doing and um thanks as always to adora for your help with graphics thanks to aral for your sound help and thank you to you dear, dear listener. Until next time. Bye-bye.